1: Okay, I'm gonna complain for a minute about a closer on my fantasy team, Bud Norris.
0: Bud's just gonna bud, bro.
1: Bud is just gonna bud. Bud's like a um, you know, we've we've talked about how like what number of starts you expect a pitcher to blow up on. Like, is this a one and four pitcher, a one and five pitcher? Bud's like a one and five closer. <laughs> And that's really bad. Generous. That's and that's generous. that's generous. You want like a you want like a one in twenty closer? Like Edwin Diaz is like a one in twenty-five closer.
0: Yeah, one is how many times do you you expect to see a closer like it would be great if we could get two saves a closer a week, right? Yeah. That would be great. Which is probably like three appearances. Which means if it was like every nine appearances, every every 10 appearances, that would be every third it would be every third or fourth week, you'd have a blow up. I
1: think that's about right. The question is where does the like when is the, the actual MLB tolerance for closers blowing up and when is the fantasy closer blowing up tolerance like and, and what, how big is the gap between those? Because there's definitely a gap.
0: There is a gap. Like, Fernando, but,
1: Fernando Rodney is allowed to blow up in an MLB sense way more often uh-huh. than anyone wants him to in a fantasy sense.
0: Right. <laughs> right, man. Fernando Rodney is, is the guy. Francisco Rodriguez, I uh-huh. mean, he's out of the league now. But I, do you think we've heard the last of him?
1: I Okay, who comes back first? Francisco Rodriguez or Rafael Palmeiro?
0: Nah, Francisco Rodriguez. Is he clearly.
1: pitching in the independent league or anything? I
0: I I think he is still pitching in the in the majors, but in, not in um
1: Oh, not in quadruple. Well, a. I didn't realize. I that. think he's on a Triple A okay. team. All right. Let's, let's take a look at this. You're telling me nobody's team could use him?
0: <laughs> Long Island Ducks. They're in the Atlantic League, which is not affiliated with Major League Baseball. There you go. <laughs> what?
1: I've never heard of the Atlantic League.
0: Atlantic. No, I have. Yeah, they're like two step. They're a step below the Northern League.
1: That can't be possible.
0: Oh, yeah. No, there are there are a lot of unaffiliated leagues below the Northern League. Okay, you want to talk about these baseball clichés? I read this article. Did you really? There? <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you know that there are so many baseball cliches?
1: <laughs> I sort of did, but it was kind of like one of those glass breaking scenarios, you know where like I always hear these things and then somebody said like pointed out to me that baseball players use a lot of cliches, and I suddenly realized
0: yeah, oh, they use a lot of cliches or a lot of cliches about baseball players. It's pretty funny to hear which ones are used.
1: heck of a job, tremendous job heck of a job that one just
0: <laughs> that one just came out <laughs> incredible to me as well.
1: job. we got to do that one.
0: I do like to be honest with you, which we probably do use a lot.
1: Yeah, we have to be careful to see which ones we use. I mean, we never say that we're just happy to be here, at least.
0: (laughs) We do say that we're on the same page.
1: (laughs) That's a good question.
0: Mm -hmm. All in the same boat, firing on all cylinders, love these, breath of of fresh air. Also, a lot of mixed metaphors.
1: (laughs) It's true. To be honest with you, the uh, it is what it is appears a lot.
0: It is what it is.
1: Bringing something to the table. (laughs) There's some good ones here.
0: There's some great ones.
1: All right. This week on the pod, we are going to recap Algorithm Club, talk about the different applications that we did, and then we're going to take a look at what kind of Algorithm Club we might want to do in the future and make some plans. So here we go. I thought we'd just do this pretty shoot-around style. I thought we'd go through what what we actually covered. And then we'll try and give out some internal awards to ourselves and to algorithms. So here are the five things we covered. We covered outlier detection, PCA, random forest, time series, and neural nets. And we covered a lot of different applications.
0: That is a lot of ground to
1: cover. Absolutely. In five weeks, this was kind of a sprint yeah okay it was more than kind of a sprint
0: yeah not agile project management sprint. <laughs> no this was <laughs> uh, this was a sprint sprint this was
1: like deluge of stuff yeah it's not even a waterfall it's like a <laughs> yeah.
0: well definitely was not a waterfall we <laughs> yeah. did not do waterfall <laughs> project management yeah so uh, i guess we can go i don't want to go through which what was your favorite application
1: my favorite application of all this, I thought the cleanest one that I did was doing pitch classification with PCA.
0: You know, and that's funny because I thought that the one that I did best or the one that um, brought about the most interesting pieces was PCA as well, TGFBI um, playing st- styles.
1: Yeah, I actually agree with that. If I, I think, yeah, I was most compelled by that by that as well. I think that would be actually be my overarching one. And maybe that's because the TGFBI playing style. So maybe that's because the data set is is so rich and it's a question that we've never we frankly never had the data set to answer before. Most of these other applications we've had access to the data. We just didn't mm-hmm. know quite what to do with it. But with TGFBI mm-hmm. this was the first time we've ever had this many uh, examples of different people playing fantasy.
0: I know. I mean, so many different leagues, so many actual experts in trying to see how, how everyone does their roster construction, how everyone attacks the season in terms of, and, you know, we're doing, um, we're doing Roto. So it's really easy to have a long-term data set rather than head-to-head where you're kind of, you're having to kind of parse it out. And, you know, I really think this was a, that was an interesting application
1: I think my favorite part is that it's it's actually several different leagues so what you you get to see how different owners utilize individual players. Like this is something that I've thought about before like what is the utility of Carlos Santana? Like how do you build a team around somebody that's somewhat complex mm-hmm. like that? How do you build a team around like where does what kind of a team is Gio Gonzalez relevant on and what kind of a team is he not relevant on?
0: Right. And, you know, uh, one next step for this, I'm going to already go into that um, for the PCA and, and for this example, would be looking at those top 12 players, because that's the cornerstone of your team. Maybe it's the top, you know, first three rounds. What are the best roster constructions around a player as unique as Jose Altuve? Mm versus what's the roster construction around um, a masher like Aaron Judge? That's a really good the question. first round. Or Clayton Kershaw. What's successful, what's not?
1: How many players do you think you need to consider to know what direction your team is going? In the sense that, like, is it... Like, for the first few rounds, you're really just trying to get the most value that's on the board. But then, is it, like... At the end of the third round, you own three guys? Are you trying to figure out where your team goes? Because I, f- I feel like in our five team, in our five keeper league, five... You already, I know already know by five. I already know what direction I need to take my team in.
0: I actually think it's four. Okay. Um, considering when I did the draft, so I had one, and then I had 30. Is <laughs> it 30, right? I always forget. 30, 31. And then I had... um. Well, then I guess it was 60, 61, but I always already felt by 60, already lost because I took, um, I took, uh, Myers, Will Myers.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: And that was a directional choice. That and maybe it is five. Maybe it's that first five. Maybe perhaps first four you can really see. You can have a core of four. Or maybe it's the first five, assuming that one of those guys goes down.
1: This is a super super interesting aside to this whole thing. And actually, I think it's something that the TGFBI PCA data set, just to bring it all back together, something that that's uniquely suited to answer. Because you can look at who the five best guys on the team, on each team are, and try and figure out, okay, Mm. how well did the manager shape their team to that based on the outcomes?
0: Right. Jeez. I... that's a hard question, then. Yeah. How, many, how much of your season is decided after those first five
1: picks? It's always interesting because we've kind of canonically said that the, that it really doesn't... At a certain point, it really rests on the guys who are 6 through 15.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. like
1: you, can't, you can't miss on the first five, but you don't win just because you have the five you have five fantastic players like you can't stars and scrubs is not a viable fantasy baseball plan
0: well maybe <laughs> I, I don't well you right you have, no you we have have, data to answer that. we have to <laughs> we have to take we have to take a look at that but that's yeah that's more of an auction style piece uh, the question i think that the bigger thing that i'm trying to figure out right we've talked about first five is super important And then we've talked about, well, six through 15 is super important, but I'm wondering whether a team is more successful by taking, having a style for the first five players and then matching that style with six through 15 Mm -hmm. or whether it's, you have a style for the first um, five players to create a base and then you um, play around with six through 15 to fill in your roster.
1: Yeah, I mean this kind of gets into our own personal roster construction ideas. Like in the <laughs> sense true. that in the sense that I clearly when I build a roster, I go for specific categories. Like I've already decided like these are the categories that I'm going to try and win and other ones be mm. damned. And I don't think that you fully embrace that. You have a much more balanced attack across the roster.
0: I think my best seasons have been where I've I've said in those six six through 15, let's jump around here. Let's try to get this from all angles. But my
1: best seasons have been the ones where I'm like, I'm leaning straight into this strategy. Double down.
0: Yeah. Double down. Okay, any other ones of these that you want to talk about quick? I thought that your closer classification one was really, really interesting. And I think that it's one that we need to be playing with earlier. Yes. Even in the preseason to identify who maybe even have what closer monkey has right now you know it's kind of too in some ways it's too late yeah. <laughs> to grab those players well I think but maybe that would be the way to get a little bit ahead one
1: thing that's nice is that we have the uh, that the way that it was constructed which was using the random forest algorithm is that it's constructed from underlying pitch data so it it's not contingent necessarily on how people, use them or how they're used in the MLB opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, It's not based on opportunity. It's based on these underlying things. So anytime, so we should be able to target people in spring training next year and be able to offer probabilities basically that certain guys are going to be closers from the statistics, not just from, uh, you know, what Mike Matheny feels like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which is hard. It's hard to go off of. And then players that are behind, like, Dylan Batonsis is getting a real run right now, but it's because he's a good player who's stuck behind someone who's better than him.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And where's the utility of owning those? I like that too. It was it was nice to nice to branch out um beyond something that I'd done in the past. That said, random force was a hard algorithm to use.
0: <laughs> that was a tough one. All of I mean, one of the tough pieces of these and we got on this last week and I don't really want to go into what we thought was the worst algorithms you can just probably listen to the la- listen over to our podcast and we're we're pretty clear um but yeah it really challenged us we had to learn some new or practice with some code that we've probably been avoiding because this is this is on our, our fun happy python time and we don't both of us talked about training data sets and oh, yeah. not really being comfortable with putting together training data sets. And maybe that's something that we need to get comfortable with before we really try this again.
1: I think you're right about that. I guess I when I when I've wrote in here that I wanted to talk about best and worst algorithms, I mean, I think we are both decided that PCA was, quote-unquote, the best. I think I meant more of what was the most applicable straight out of the box? Like, if I was going to recommend to somebody that wanted oh, yeah. to try a fantasy baseball application, I would say, start with PCA. PCA. PCA is the most interesting. Start with PCA. And I would say, unless you are really going to dive into it, do not touch neural nets.
0: <laughs> I would agree. I would agree with that wholeheartedly, because PCA, highest floor. Lowest ceiling, highest floor. Yes. And it's really, it's really going to be used to... Um, gut check. It's really going to be used to try to push apart the data and, um, you know, see if some of our underlying assumptions are correct. I don't know that you're going to, (laughs) you're not going to have MLB, um, statisticians like banging down your doors with anything that you do with PCA,
1: I don't think. Oh, what do you mean? You mean,
0: I mean like is there anything that we could do uh with PCA that you think that like the um Yankees are going to like <laughs> call into our podcast and be like you know what um we'd be really
1: interested to hear more about that That's that's an interesting question. I think maybe we're not even fully developed enough to, to Oh no know we're that not yet. I mean I, I think that there is something to be said. And one thing that I found, like, not to toot my own horn on this, but that the, that it was easy to identify pitches that were misclassified using PCA. So oh, okay. I was able yeah. to compare the the pitch classifications that I got versus, All right, so maybe I'm versus wrong. what was stated. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong because, like, at some point, who really cares? But it told you something interesting about, like, how different is Clayton Kershaw's cutter from his slider?
0: You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole.
1: (laughs) We kind of got into it about the main theory at the end of Inception whether Leo is still dreaming or not, and the discussion went a little bit long. So here's a very abridged version
0: Is Leo dreaming at the end of that movie?
1: He He didn't know that Saito had died before he went in.
0: yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: So that, that's what I got.
0: I exited that movie theater thinking that he had he gotten out, he'd, he'd gotten home. And th- watching this time... He's in the dream. I think he's still in the dream. Yeah. All right, so where should we go from here?
1: I have spent a non-zero amount of time thinking about this in the last week because we, we embarked on this as solely an algorithm for algorithm's sake mm-hmm. venture. And... We could happily keep doing that. Like We could do that for at least the rest of this season. And Infantum. But I, I don't think that algorithm for algorithm's sake is, is where we want to go.
0: I think that we need to have, in the background, we need to be working on discrete problems. And that was a little bit more what we did season zero slowly. Season yeah, season zero slowly was try to tackle discrete problems like what the best starto strategy was, what um, fantasy war mm-hmm. looked like, um, what capitching, what a capitching strategy was. And that's sort of leaned into some of our other now loose ideas. Maybe we have to dig down, go back into that like figure out um, what a case strategy would look like for pitching you and figure out what the algorithm the right algorithms are for that
1: so do you think that we've done enough treatment of algorithms to start up to know which algorithms we want to apply to discrete strategy problems
0: God know, but that hasn't stopped us in the past. That's
1: really true. I mean, I wrote down just for completeness. I wrote down a list of the topics that we that we didn't cover, um, just because we had picked five. And and there's there's three from Jake Vanderplas who has some great tutorials that we're ready to use out of the box. Um, there's naive Bayes, support vector machines, and manifold learning. And I want to get to these at some point, but I'm also ready to take a little break from beating my head against a desk on these yeah i agree. <laughs> maybe we'll assign them at some point but i think those i think those are interesting but then the other thing that i really delved into was i spent a bunch of time reading the scikit learn documentation and i think you did also <laughs> mm-hmm. and and they really sort these into into higher order um or higher a higher level of classification for these or sorting for the different algorithms and I want to spend a little bit more time delving into those but I don't know how we I don't know how to work that into our uh, our fantasy applications
0: I don't know I, I can see maybe that's the next, next algorithm club is that we state a problem state the um, the prompt of what we're trying to do so it would be like I don't know if so on like the closer classification stuff because that's your first example. We say like, all right, we want to identify the batch of the 50 best relief pitchers for closer roles. This we think is a classification problem. Go. And then we can decide which algorithms work
1: best for that. That's, that's, uh, you like design a model and then design two models and test which one is better for the problem. Ooh, that sounds like every week (laughs) that, yeah, that that sounds like every week. I think, so what you just said, what you just described though, is exactly what I was hoping the outcome from algorithm club would be and like get enough familiarity with algorithms that when we have a problem that we want to answer, we know exactly what algorithm we want to use. And we just weren't, th- we just weren't there before, <laughs> before the past five weeks. Well, maybe we're there. Yeah, maybe we're there now. One last quick note for, for directions to go. Something that, we've, that, we, that we need to do more, and I don't know how to kickstart this, <laughs> but I have a proposal to kickstart it. What about Visualization Club?
0: I'm in. W- Next four weeks? I think
1: so, where we challenge ourselves to make one interesting production-ready plot each week using a different display tool i think that it's about time that's a good that's a good uh, proposition we have to do it because i keep falling back on the same way to visualize things and it's not illustrative it's it's never it never (laughs) works yeah
0: it's not always it's the hammer it's the hammer it really is
1: so I, i my goal for this would be to build a library of boilerplate plot formats that i can then stuff things into every time
0: wouldn't that be so nice that's
1: my dream for this let's do that all right all right you want to wrap this sucker up i do and we have some we have some serious stuff to talk about here we're only 10 days out from bojack five season five dropping what is our watch strategy going to be let's do just two three a week talk about those yeah so i i think we should do that um I th- I think it's I think it might be two a week given our other uh our other obligations.
0: Mm-hmm. Two a week, I'm in. All right, good. Bojack season—they go four. quick. It's it's just really hard. I should probably watch all the other seasons though, because I forget <laughs> what's, what's I mean, happening. That's
1: kind of what I was thinking. But we're only ten days out. Like, what what do I realistically have time to do? Hmm. I'll think about that.
0: One. Maybe read some summary articles.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Also relevant. I want to help develop a watch strategy for the NFL here, especially because I still have to pay attention. To, we both still have to pay attention to fantasy baseball. What do we do here?
0: <laughs> just, I mean what I do every year, which is either just have it on or just watch my own. Well, this is usually the strategy. Watch my team, the Giants, until they're out of it, and then just have the TV on. Between um, probably one thirty and four thirty, <laughs>
1: I think I think that's the right strategy. I mean, as a Vikings fan, obviously I am so excited and know that we're going to win the Super Bowl this year, just like every single year. So I have to <sighs> devote as much brain power as I possibly can to rooting for them.
0: Are they the everybody loves them team that's going to fall apart 1, this season?
1: Thousand percent, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that about brings us to the review session inception whoa Woohoo.
1: considering how many times i watched this movie like right after it came out and right after i got the dvd i don't think i'd seen it in a while
0: you, i actually i realized i had only watched the whole movie in theaters I had watched parts of it
1: mm. um, since then, but I had only watched the whole movie straight through. So, theater. which it's a long ass movie. It is a long movie. Which part did you? Which part had you forgotten the most about, and or not seen the most of? Um,
0: the the last um, dream world,
1: the hospital, the uh, or the or the subconscious. Oh the the
0: hospital is it a hospital the the, the, snow, the snow one, one? Yeah,
1: it's, a, it's a hospital I guess it's a hospital Ellen Page says that she's it's cuz it's it's so unclear that at some point somebody a producer must have been like you have to say that it's a hospital and so when she's designing it she says it's a hospital
0: <laughs> I'm sorry I'm I'm Tom Hardy in this and I <laughs> had no idea what was happening <laughs> I Really wish I knew what was behind that wall Yeah uh I, I that was the one that, the piece that I had not seen
1: the most and had forgotten just how long it was. Very interesting, Tom Hardy role. Is that his real accent? I think okay. so. Did you like seeing the Westworld robot?
0: Oh, which where did we see the West? Oh, yes, I absolutely <laughs> it loved kind of, seeing her. It kind
1: of worked to think of her as a Westworld robot.
0: <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I was like, "Oh, they're going to tell us that this whole world is robots." <laughs> yes. like, leo is in westworld
1: yes there was i i hadn't realized how strong that association was going to be but i'm never going to be able to see that actor in anything else now
0: i know you just expected william to come up that's next. exactly
1: right all right i have a i have a potentially controversial thesis here is inception the same feeling that you got from watching the matrix except for people 10 years younger than us
0: it's not the exact same feeling, but I think you're right. I think you're channeling it in on it's the it's this the sci-fi deep movie that's deep just because it doesn't totally explain everything. And <laughs> the thing that's great about Inception is that you didn't you weren't barraged by um, subpar sequels. We've, there's never been a sequel.
1: Yeah, I th- I mean, Leo would never do something like that, but. They, uh but I think it had it, the similarity to me was it gave you this one mind melting central point like the world isn't real; it's all just a perception in your mind in the Matrix, or the world isn't real; right. it's all it's everything's just a dream state. You could be dreaming at any time in Inception.
0: Yeah, right. It's a very very different. This is a it's a computer simulation, or this is all just you're totally your mind just totally organic
1: all right what are we watching
0: you know i need i need some cold i need some cold so it's it's time to visit hoth is it really empire strikes back is it
1: really i need it we do need some cold it's it's pretty warm
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely all right time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow up, follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to
1: you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.